is Gretchen Stevenson, and welcome to the Abide Podcast. Together, we will explore how gospel truth offers hope, healing, and redemption for all who abide in Christ. Well, good afternoon, Paige. Hi, Gretchen. How are you today? I'm doing great. Great. It is so fantastic to sit here with you today. Um, you have been one of the um, guests that I have had on my list for a while, so I'm thankful that 2024 gets to start out with you. So I'm grateful that you're here with me today. Well, thank you. I feel so honored. And listeners, it's good to be back. You know, it's been it's been a few weeks since we have um, been live, and so I've missed it. Oddly enough, you asked me when we were chatting beforehand um, if I like this, and you know, unashamedly, I'm just going to say I do. <laughs> That's great. I'm going to really say I have come to to really enjoy getting together with women and spending time in the Word and just really working with the Lord to come up with content and to really have the joy of hearing stories from people. So listeners, you are going to be blessed today as Paige shares a story of hope. And what a message for the start of a new year. Yeah, I think we're all looking for hope Mm -hmm. always. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was thinking about passages really to kind of anchor this year in. And a passage that I really love is Psalm 107 verses 19 to 21. And it sums up kind of the mantra for the Abide podcast, which is really hope, healing, and redemption. And it says, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and he healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and the wonderful deeds for mankind. And I just think in that passage, I love how we see the word saved, healed, and rescued. Hmm. I mean, who in life doesn't at some point throughout their life, many times over, need saving, healing, and rescuing? Yeah. You know, and so today we are going to launch into your story, just a snapshot of your story. I was telling page listeners that she has chosen a masterpiece mm. um, off of her shelf of, of testimonies that God has done in her life. And it's beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful testimony of hope. And mm-hmm. so I'm excited for you to share that today. So tell me a little bit. Let's just start um, a little bit about you. You are a transplant from California. Yes, I am. So I was born and raised in San Jose, California, and my family and I moved out to Lake Elmo, Minnesota a year and a half ago. So in June, it'll be two years. Um, My husband, Brad, is the executive pastor at our church, and we have three kiddos. We have twin boys, Heath and Landon, who are in sixth grade, and our daughter, Gwen, who's in second grade. Yeah, and I'm a busy homeschool mama, and um, it's been actually a beautiful thing coming mm. to Minnesota. It's been such a gift. We have found just great community. We love our church, and I will say I am enjoying winter more than I thought I would wow. as a Californian. Considering <laughs> last year's winter went through April. Yeah, about six months of snow. That was, that was new for me. 
I had to buy all new clothing and did you have friends from back home calling you saying, are you thawed out yet? Um, yeah, they're like, you need to come home and visit. I don't think that this is good. And I'm like, no, it's actually good. And <laughs> we're doing okay. No, it was it was a beautiful mm. white winter. It was. And then contrast it with now, we barely have anything. Actually, it was funny. On Christmas Day, I think this was a record in Minnesota, but it was 54 degrees and it was 54 degrees in San Jose, California Wow! on Christmas Day. There you go. That's pretty crazy. There you go. That's great. Yeah. Well, we are grateful. It's been grateful to get to know you. Um, and it's been grateful just to have your husband on staff and to see just what he's bringing to um, our church and the direction that we're going. It's a gift. It's it's just a real gift. So welcome aboard. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's great. Well, um, I'm just going to let you start. Okay. You have a, a fantastic story that you want to share um, about having children. Yeah. So I became a mom in 2012, I guess technically 2011, because that's when they were growing inside of me. Um, and I was very surprised to be pregnant with twins. Um, definitely not what I was expecting. Um, and I had a really rough pregnancy. I was showing signs of preterm labor very early in the process. Mm. And so they, they kept throwing out bed rest, bed rest. And I did not want to go on bed rest, but unfortunately just with how my body um, was handling um, the stress of the pregnancy Mm -hmm. that was needed. And so I went on bed rest at 26 weeks Mm. and then for a twin pregnancy, they say that 36 weeks is considered full term, um, uh, opposed to like a standard 40 week, Mm -hmm. um, And so at 36 weeks, my bed rest was lifted. But in that time, I had gained quite a bit of weight, as you can imagine, because I was not exercising. I couldn't really move my body very much. And I was carrying two babies. So um, my frame got quite um, a lot bigger, (laughs) a lot puffier. And I was just miserable. I just wanted these babies out. And so I said, okay, my doctor gave me the green light. So I'm going to start going on walks. So I started pushing myself to walk a mile, two miles, and it was very hard work. Mm -hmm. Um, And during that time, I had some strange symptoms, things that just didn't feel quite right. And I would call in about or get checked up at my appointments. And, you know, they they said, oh, you know, it's just you're carrying two babies. It's just a lot. And um, unfortunately, those those things that were missed were signs of preeclampsia. And so on April 21st, 2012, my husband, Mm. Brad, and I went on a walk to the farmer's market and then we came home and I I just wasn't feeling well. So I laid down on the couch and during that time, um, I had a seizure. Mm. And the reason I had a seizure is because I had um, something called eclampsia. So eclampsia is... um, it's a pregnancy related illness where your blood pressure can just like go through the roof and, um, as your body's way of trying to like combat what's happening, um, often it will result in seizures Mm -hmm. to try and calm it down. So I seized and then stopped breathing. Mm -hmm. And, um, luckily my husband was there and saw it all and was able to call an ambulance And I was able to wake up and come to when the EMTs arrived, but they took me to the hospital 
to, to figure out what was going on and um, assess everything. And once I was in the emergency room, I unfortunately started mm. seizing again. Um, and at that point, there were enough doctors and people around. They knew right. what what was happening. They knew what I had. And um, my husband describes it because unfortunately I don't have memories right. of this. Um, but he they called some code. There was a huge team surrounding me and everything started moving very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, the anesthesiologist immediately put me under. He said, we cannot mess around with this. We need to deliver your babies. He explained to my husband, your wife has eclampsia. The only way to stop it is to deliver the babies and mm-hmm. we need to get we need to operate now. Wow. So praise God for the anesthesiologist to just take that leadership and just call it. Yeah. He took charge mm-hmm. and he really, yeah, we wanted to eliminate, you know, as many problems yeah. as he could. Yeah. So delivering the boys was essential. Um, but that was a very, really emotionally hard moment for my husband because mm-hmm. in, because it was so high risk. Um, they weren't quite sure how the babies had responded to my seizures. They didn't know exactly what, um, was happening with me and like my brain and major organs and all of that. Um, they told my husband he couldn't be in the operating room. So he had to sit out and wait. And, um, They also explained to him that there's still risk for me even after delivery. And so the best thing to do was to keep me um, in like a medically induced coma for a short period of time, just shy of a day, um, just to be able to run some tests and keep my body really calm. But that meant that the boys were delivered and they needed to go to the NICU and I was going to be taken to the ICU. So my my poor husband's heart was literally being ripped mm. in two. Um, and you guys were young. We, we were really young. young. Yeah. We got married at 22. I was yeah. 25 when I had my boys. So yeah, we were young. Um, Not a first rodeo for how we plan to have children. No, that was the farthest thing mm-hmm. from my mind. I mean, mm. you, you don't anticipate those kind of stories. So yeah, so that was... Um, really hard, especially on my husband. Like Mm -hmm. I said, um, I'm missing a few days of memories from the trauma and everything that happened and then being under anesthesia. Um, so my trauma came later, but for my husband, it was really hard. And luckily we had our parents who lived, um, close by and family to support and be there with him. Um, but yeah, my mom really, she was a gift because she allowed the, she gave my husband kind of permission to go be with our boys because yeah. she would know that's what I would want. Mm-hmm. And then she stayed with me. Um, and he came to be with me quite a bit too, but she knew that as a mama, you would want a parent mm-hmm. with those babies. So right. he, he went and did like the skin to skin and just really loved mm-hmm. on them, which mm-hmm. was very important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's the backstory of okay. kind of my what happened in my faith and journey after that. Right. So when you think about um, you know being a young twenty five year old mom um, expecting to you know live the 
the the birth story that we talk about and think about and talk with our girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Having lived something that is very um, counter to what you thought, how did that leave you days later when you came home? Was that yeah, something that... I think one thing that um, I remember very vividly because obviously with having um, such a traumatic birth and so many things that just did not go according to plan. We were on a big part of our church's prayer team. So everybody at church seemed to have known what happened, or at least, you know, the medical details of what happened in some regard. So we had a meal train coming and it was really hard because people would come and bring meals and then want me to talk about it. Mm. And I didn't want to talk about it because honestly, I, Everything that I knew was told to me. Right. It, was, it didn't even feel like my story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't get to be a part of it. Um, it just felt like I was relaying things that it could have been anybody's story. Right, it right. just was a very strange experience. There was and no attachment. For yeah, you. it was. Mm-hmm. So it was very hurtful. Um, I had a lot of people, you know, who mean well. People right. always mean well. Mm-hmm. But at the time, hearing things like, oh, you were so lucky mm-hmm. and it could have been so much worse and praise God like for your life and your boys' lives. Mm-hmm. And while there is so much truth in that, right. I did not feel lucky. Right. I felt really broken, mm-hmm. really confused, um, and I was just really hurting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was discharged a little more than a week before my boys could be discharged, and so even just the constant of it was so painful to leave my babies in the NICU. Yeah. I absolutely hated We're it. supposed to go home with them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so to come home and stare at two empty bassinets mm. and wake up every three hours to pump and not actually nurse my babies. Right. I would just cry mm-hmm. because I'm like, this isn't, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like this does not feel like beautiful, joyful motherhood. Like mm-hmm. this feels really hard. Right. Um, Yeah. So that was, it was hard when people, as they would celebrate the truth of, yes, God Mm -hmm. like saved Mm -hmm. our lives, Mm -hmm. which is no small thing. Right. In that moment, I felt very, a little bit forgotten Mm -hmm. by God. I felt like, why was this not prevented or caught? It was just very heavy for me. Mm -hmm. And it was probably one of the first times in my walk with the Lord where I just really had some big doubts and yeah. some big um, questions. And I I remember specifically thinking, I wonder if this is really worth it. Uh, like, I wonder if God's really worth it. Mm-hmm. Like this Christian life, like mm-hmm. this just feels hard. Mm-hmm. And even, I didn't even say those words out loud. I only thought them. Mm-hmm. And I have the Holy Spirit, like I'm a saved Mm -hmm. believer. So even thinking those thoughts scared me Mm. deeply Mm. because I think the Holy Spirit in me was like, this is not good. Like this. And I, I remember feeling like, okay, I know God is real. I'm mad at him right now, Mm. but I would rather pursue him even in my hurt, even in my brokenness, because there's hope in him. Mm-hmm. And if I turn away from him, then I have no hope. Right. And I desperately needed hope mm-hmm. in this season. I knew it was like I needed it. Mm-hmm. I needed hope. I needed healing. And I knew that wasn't going to come by walking away. Mm-hmm. 
And so my husband was pretty concerned about me and my, where I was at with the Lord. And he just really encouraged me to find somebody at our church who I could meet with, who would Mm -hmm. be willing to just listen to my story and just really walk alongside me Mm -hmm. in my brokenness. Mm -hmm. So I prayed about it. And there was one specific woman named Patty who I really admired. She'd gone through some many hard things in her life, including breast cancer, but just had this really wise Mm. way of dealing with big hurts Mm. and just, um, yeah, I just really admired her because she'd been through the ringer in her life, but she just had such a strong faith in Jesus and really praised him through the hurt. And so I'm like, okay, I, I want that. I want to be like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, we started meeting and we went through a book called Lord Heal My Hurts by Kate Arthur. And at our first meeting, I shared everything I shared with you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, and she really acknowledged just, wow, Mm -hmm. that is trauma page. Like that is heavy and hard. And it, it was the first person who really just let me feel all the things I needed to feel mm-hmm. the heaviness of it, even the darkness of it. And that that was okay. Yeah. And that was almost like welcome in the space. Like it's okay. Mm-hmm. And then she asked me to fill out a little card and just like page, like this is where you are, but who do you really want to be? Mm-hmm. And so I took some time to, I think I maybe took it home. I don't think I did it on the spot, but, um, I wrote out who I wanted to be and taped it into the book. That's such a great question. Such a great question. Yeah. It was very like hard though. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't really know who I want to be. I know who I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. I think that was an easier question. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I still have the card in the book and I brought it with me and what I wrote many years ago is that I want to be joyful and not bitter. I want to have peace and not pain. I want to be whole and not broken. I want to trust God and believe that he does love me. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to actually read that back now so many years later and realize like, oh, it makes me sad that I really doubted God's love for me. But that's mm-hmm. where I was at. I mean, that was honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I pause for a second? Yeah. Isn't it, when I hear you say that, that it makes you sad that you doubted God's love, the beauty in that, though, is that you were sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, make, it, it, it should make us sad yeah. when we doubt the love of the Father. Mm-hmm. And... What I hear in that is, or my response to that is, to, to make one doubt God's love signifies the weight mm-hmm. of that season, that trauma, that experience, that trial. Yeah. Because as believers, we have this belief that we will never doubt God. We, we've, we, we're only growing, you know, by his grace every day to cultivate deeper and richer roots with him that just keep us immovable. And then all of a sudden when we go, wait a second, does he love me? I mean, is this worth it? That goes, whoa, what is going on mm-hmm. that is wanting to steer you another direction? And so 
is is traumatic and is and is um, heavy and scary and dark and um, unfortunate is is that birth story was with your boys. I can see why you asked that question. Yeah, through hearing it, you know, a second time, I can see why you would ask that question. But I, I just want to affirm. I appreciate that you use the word love you know it makes Mm -hmm. you sad that you doubt Mm -hmm. his love and um that testifies to something about your faith Mm. so yeah I just hearing it a second time that's what that's what stands out and it's true though I mean I myself have been there I have I have not had traumatic birth stories I have had our first miscarriage was very traumatic Mm. and um I did not know how to deal with it I'm I'm in the moment I was far more concerned about the EMTs and the inconvenience of everything that they had to do to, to help me. And I was in, I was in the air on an airplane and we landed and I was just like, I'm so, I mean, I kept apologizing, but you know, I'm 20, what was I? 22 and scared of what was going on. And it it, it did, it it just kind of rattles you. Mm -hmm. And, um, my faith, was um, growing, but it was very much in the the stage, um, the broken stage of perfectionism. I was still hungering for something I didn't know that I needed, which was a mentor Hmm. to help write my theology. My theology was being formulated out of my own um, brokenness. So I was reading scripture through the wrong lens. I was using scripture to shame me to get better mm. versus using scripture to really see that I'm worthy and valued by God's love. So without that um, mature woman in my life, it got kind of wonky there for a while. So um, it, it didn't cause me to doubt him in that. Um, I didn't ask the question why. I just thought, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. I took full credit for I didn't, you know, confess enough. I, I haven't done the right things enough. And so therefore that's why I lost, mm. um, our first child. And then we lost a second. And I mean, just the head game that, that started to go on, which drove the perfectionism for the Lord, um, mm. even more. Cause I so desperately wanted a child and yeah. I was so afraid of my past robbing me of that. Yeah. And so it's amazing how, something so so beautiful that god created you know life and for for us as women to to have children yeah um it it can it can be used the enemy can use that um to speak lies to us yeah and so i i just commend you that you even had the courage to give voice to give language to that and i'm maybe that started just privately in your own thoughts and then it it began to seep out um through journals and then maybe to your mentor did you find it hard to be honest with those questions about the lord and the abandonment or you know actually it wasn't Mm. um i think i was so i was hurting in a different way than i'd ever Mm. hurt before that I didn't feel this need to be okay. Mm. I felt, I just felt, I don't know. It was kind of a raw pain where, um, 
And I think Patty, she did a really beautiful job that first night of making me feel really seen and really safe mm-hmm. and acknowledging, just like you did, the trauma of it and the weight of it. And I remember even after I shared, she cried a little and she just she just let there be some silence. Mm-hmm. And she didn't just try and have words to right. say or she just knew like, there's nothing that she can say that's going to make this better. Yep. The only thing that's going to make this better is Jesus. Yep. But that's going to take time because my trust had been broken. I mm. was I was feeling um, alone. Mm. But I knew that Jesus was the answer, mm. but my heart was very hard. Mm. And so through time of meeting with her and just time in his word, God was going to really take that heart of stone that scripture talks about and really give you a heart of flesh to give you this beautiful, soft beating heart. And I needed that. Mm -hmm. Um, and we went through a lot of scripture, uh, together, but kind of simultaneously while doing this time with Patty, I also happened to be in a Bible study with my sisters. Um, I have three beautiful sisters and, two of which were in the area at the time. And we, um, did a study on Ruth. Mm. And for those who aren't as familiar, um, with Ruth or the old Testament, Ruth's just an incredible story. It's a mm-hmm. short book in the Bible. I highly recommend it. Yep. Um, it's a quick read. Um, but it's a, when we're talking about just hope and healing and redemption, I mean, all three pieces, all three pieces are, are in Ruth's story. <laughs> Um, but the thing about the book of Ruth, um, just to give a little context is it starts with trauma and tragedy. So she is a young woman who is married and, um, her husband and her husband's brother and his wife, they all live, which is very biblical to stay in like the family units and on the man's side. Um, they all live with their mother-in-law and father-in-law and the mother-in-law's name is Naomi. So the father-in-law and the two son husbands, they all pass away. Mm-hmm. They all die. And Naomi, um, who is like the matriarch of her family, yep. um, tries to send her two daughter-in-laws back. She said, you don't know anything to me. You're not my kids. Like, go be with your people. Um, and she just tries to send them away. And one of the daughter-in-laws chooses to go. And Ruth says, no, I'm going to stay with you. Which is very odd. I mean, that's not the norm. Right. But Ruth felt a love and a a loyalty and a friendship to her mother-in-law. And she knew her mother-in-law would need help. I mean, in this time, if you didn't have a man providing for you, like, that was not good. Mm-hmm. Um, the widows often, you know, could be homeless or just have it really rough. And right. so they ended up going back together to Naomi's town and Naomi was so broken. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, and what's interesting is that Naomi was actually the true Christian. Yeah. Ruth was not, that was not mm-hmm. the beliefs that she was grew up in. Mm-hmm. She becomes a Christian, but that's not where she started. And Naomi felt so hurt by God. Mm-hmm. She just felt completely abandoned. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she gets back with all these people who know her, they're like, Naomi, Naomi. And interestingly enough, Naomi's name means pleasing or lovely. And she didn't even want them to call her by her name anymore. She was so broken. She was so mad. Yeah. And so she said, no, you need to call me Mara. And Mara actually means bitterness mm. because she felt that the Lord 
in her affliction had dealt with her bitterly. Mm. Like he had not given her something lovely and good. Right. And so she's like, no, you can't even call me that. Mm-hmm. And going through the story, um, in my younger years, I always resonated with Ruth. <laughs> Everybody wants to be Ruth. Right. She's beautiful and sweet and devoted and all the things. And then with Naomi though, like I felt like this mirror, like moment of, mm. oh, I feel like I'm Naomi mm. and I don't want to be stuck and I don't want to be bitter. Mm. And that kind of scares me. Like mm. I, I want there to be joy again and I want there to be a loveliness about me. And so there was a lot of conviction that just happened in my heart reading through this book. Um, but the amazing part about the book of Ruth, when you continue on is that she, ends up getting to be remarried. Mm -hmm. And what that person is called like after like loss is a kinsman redeemer. And a kin is like a person of kin of family origin. And then redeemer, obviously someone who redeems, Mm -hmm. right? And Boaz was this relative who just saw Ruth and took like compassion on her, but also great respect for her. She was a hard working young woman Mm -hmm. and he just saw her of great character and he ends up marrying her and through that relationship, they are able to have a son. And so Naomi, who thought her life was over, mm-hmm. who tried to send away her two daughter-in-laws, God was like, had this beautiful story that was going to just play out that she could never see coming. And her daughter-in-law was remarried to a wonderful man. And then they had a son who they named Obed. And I'm just going to read, if that's okay, the last little chunk of Ruth. um, Because I just think it's so amazing where Naomi started and then kind of where it ends. But it says, the women said to Naomi, praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. And the women, women living there said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. And he was the father of Jesse, who is the father of David. And some of us know, but probably not all of us, the the line of Jesus is the line of David, yep. King David. So, I mean, Naomi got to be woven in to the blood and family line of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he didn't give up on her. He didn't give up on Naomi. Mm-hmm. He, In her hurt and her stubbornness, he saw her and he he allowed things to orchestrate in a way that there was going to be this beautiful redemption. Mm-hmm. And I just imagine probably the humbleness and humility that like Naomi must have felt like sitting there holding this little baby. I mean, I feel like you would be crying. You'd be laughing. You'd be like, you'd be experiencing all. all of the yes. It would just be so overwhelming, mm-hmm. but also that God is that kind to us mm-hmm. that he, even when we, in our own flesh, in our own ways, make things more difficult on ourselves. Mm -hmm. God still has a way of weaving Mm -hmm. good in and blessing us and having a bigger picture. And, um, yeah, so I just, I really love that story. I saw it. God opened my eyes to it in like a new way. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was this key line in the 
not from God's word, but from the devotional about Ruth that I always remember. Mm -hmm. And it was um, to be able to be walking while weeping. And that word picture really stuck with me because I think I had this idea that I'm either stuck Mm. and broken or I'm healed and walking. Right. Isn't we, we do either or. Yeah. Like there's mm-hmm. not an in-between. Mm-hmm. And God really through the book of Ruth and really I think Ruth's character, she was walking while weeping. And I think Naomi in her own way was too. It might have been a few steps and then she had to sit mm-hmm. or, you know, pacing because she couldn't move forward. Mm-hmm. But she was still moving and she was weeping and she was broken. Mm -hmm. And then God brought beautiful redemption and healing into her life. And so I felt this permission Mm. from the Holy Spirit that I'm going to walk, but I'm also going to weep. And that's okay. And I don't have to have it all figured out. And I remember many birthdays of the boys that being triggering for me and bringing me back to their birth in this story. And I, I wondered for a long time, when am I going to mm. not replay this? Or when am I going to finally feel more joyful mm-hmm. um, than like sadness? Mm. And really it didn't take that many birthdays. Mm. I think they were probably four, maybe four or five. And I, I didn't go there. I just celebrated like in who they are. And I celebrated God's goodness in our life. And I did that one. I don't want to say I didn't do that in their little birthdays too. I could really focus on them, but I, I replayed the trauma and the pain and, Mm -hmm. and, um, and then it, there, the, my boy's story and my story became something that I was proud to share and not something that I wish didn't happen Mm -hmm. because God continued to use it. He, I think that's the thing with our stories. We, when we're brave enough to mm. share them, mm-hmm. God has a way of ministering to other people's hearts that desperately need your story. Mm-hmm. But if you're not willing to ever share it, there's like a blessing that's being missed out on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then kind of continuing fast forwarding to another redemption piece of, my story is um, the birth of our daughter. So in 2015, three and a half years later, um, we were able to have our daughter Gwyneth and her name actually means blessing. And, um, but there was a lot of fear and I would say trauma revisited when we considered if we should have another child. Um, a, A lot of lies from the enemy, a lot of things my husband and I wrestled through um, and prayed about, but God gave me a piece that not that it would be a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think like a lot of women it, love to have both. We kind of mm-hmm. want everything, yep. don't we? So yep. <laughs> um, I had my two boys and I knew this was going to be our last baby. So would have loved a daughter, but also felt like just wanted a third child would have loved another son as well. Um, but yeah, so we we prayed about it and um it was a hard a hard decision to come to, mm-hmm. but we felt like if God allows us to get pregnant, then there's going to be protection in that. 
and it was one baby, one healthy baby. And we actually didn't find out until she was born, um, that she was a girl. So that was really fun. Mm. Very motivating. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and you had got to experience then natural childbirth. Yes. So that was a desire to, I, I mean, I wanted a birth story that I could remember. Yeah. I think God has taught me to not say that I don't have a birth story with my boys because I have a big birth story yeah. mm-hmm. and it's a hard one, mm-hmm. but, um, one that I had memories of yeah. and yeah, I really desire to have like a vaginal delivery, which sometimes you don't get to after a C-section. Mm-hmm. And so that was such a gift that, um, baby was in a good position to do that and everything was aligned. So I could, um, and her birth was really redeeming mm-hmm. for my husband and I just getting to be together and, and bring this baby into the world. And, um, and then it ended up being a daughter and, hmm. and it was just, um, I remember holding her and crying and kissing her and just saying how loved she was and how wanted she was and how much she was prayed for and a way, I can't remember how much later this was, but I remember God taking me back to that moment and him saying, that's how I see you. Mm. Like you holding Gwen in that moment, like that's how I hold you and that's how I see you. And it was this beautiful picture. It was this lavish kind of love, Mm -hmm. like a, I don't know, like an overflowing, Mm -hmm. overwhelming, like being saturated in God's love. And that was so healing for Mm me. Um, so to see, to see some of the answers to your question, would you say some of those have come full circle? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Um, I think God really, he protected me from bitterness. Mm -hmm. I think that there was a seed of that, that I saw early on that was being planted, but, but through taking healthy steps towards like freedom and healing Mm -hmm. and not sitting alone in the darkness with that, um, that bitterness was able to be pulled out really quickly, which I'm so grateful for. What Um, would you say to a listener who doesn't have a spouse to encourage her to seek help, what be it counseling, be it, um, a mentor, um, church, what um, what advice and encouragement would you speak to the woman that is sitting in some of her doubts, her feelings of abandonment and questionings of God's love? Does he really see me? Does he mm-hmm. hear me? Do I really matter? Yeah. Well, I think that your question is, it just makes me think of the body of Christ and yeah. how, yes, like marriage is a beautiful thing and mm-hmm. it's designed by God but it's not everyone's story. Right. But that doesn't mean that if you're not married, that you don't have the same access Mm -hmm. to all of the goodness of God Mm -hmm. that anybody else does Mm -hmm. because he will use sisters in Christ, brothers in Christ, Mm -hmm. grandparents in Christ, you know, those mentor people Mm -hmm. to really speak into you and love you. And sometimes he'll use the younger generation, Mm -hmm. the people below. Like I think, I love the picture of always having one hand reaching up and one hand reaching back. That's something I've tried Mm -hmm. to emulate in my life where I see the importance of people like you, Gretchen, who are ahead of me, who've 
lived more life and have wisdom. And I will take those words and I know that they are deep and mm. full and rich. Mm-hmm. And then I will take my experiences and I help out in the youth group at right. our church. And I love young women and I love pouring into them. And I, I love being able to be a little bit ahead and to have some life experiences mm-hmm. and the things that they're going through right now are real and true and hard mm-hmm. and they need to be valued. I think sometimes with teenagers, they don't feel right. that they're valued mm-hmm. or they're dismissed and they're very important, mm-hmm. but also to be able to like kindly and lovingly show them that like mm-hmm. some of these things will mm-hmm. come to pass yep. and that there's going to be beauty on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to be, I think hope, show them some hope of yeah. like someone who's walked the road mm-hmm. before them yeah. and that it'll get better mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, but yeah, and kind of, sorry, I tend to no, talk great. in a circle way, but going back to your original question, I know from just my own life that to stay isolated is like the enemy's playground and he will wreak havoc in your heart and in your mind. Mm-hmm. And it is it is tormenting mm-hmm. and it is so, so hard. Mm-hmm. So if, yeah, if you do not have a spouse or you do not even have like, maybe you're an only child even, and you just are needing those relationships that can point you to truth. Mm-hmm. Like I would highly encourage you to be in a life group or be in a women's Bible study or meet with a mm-hmm. one-on-one discipleship relationship where mm-hmm. somebody can talk to you and listen mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. because you matter and your story matters and we don't want to keep things in the dark because mm-hmm. when things are in the dark, mm-hmm. the enemy has a way of, it just becomes this bondage that like kind of continues on mm-hmm. for longer than it should. Yeah. But when we bring things into the light and we're brave and we share, mm-hmm. there's healing and freedom mm-hmm. that comes. Mm-hmm. And so you are seen and loved and wanted mm-hmm. by the God of the universe. Mm-hmm. And he will, he will provide for you the relationship. Mm-hmm. So if you're wanting that, yeah, pray about it. Ask God, like, who could that person be? Mm-hmm. Because I believe he will show you mm-hmm. and it might take some courage on your end. It right. might, we feel, may have to ask. Yeah. We may have to ask. It might not just like fall on our doorstep, mm-hmm. but I believe that by stepping into obedience Mm -hmm. and taking that brave step, like God will honor that. Um, And also that there's freedom that if the first person you meet with is not the right fit, that's okay too. Sometimes I think if we try once and it wasn't the best, we don't want to keep trying, Mm -hmm. but don't give up Mm -hmm. because there's like a sister Mm -hmm. out there Mm -hmm. who's going to love you and want to meet with you. Mm -hmm. But you know, it might just take a little time finding that right fit. And to be open to it being somebody that you may not really ever assume you would be a friend with. Yeah. Just because she's different than you or a lot older than you or something of that nature. Because the few women that have stepped intimately into my life are women that I would not have expected. Yeah. You know. And I think someone, I'm in my 30s, and I would say... For me, when it comes to like the really heavy stuff, Mm -hmm. the shameful stuff, Mm -hmm. I actually have found that having a woman at least 10 years older than me 
has been really fruitful Mm -hmm. and it's taken away some of that peer to peer, um, pressure and insecurity. So I would also encourage someone that if you have some really deep, hard things that you Mm -hmm. need to get off your chest, it actually might be really freeing to seek out an older woman, Mm -hmm. because I think sometimes when it's someone who's our age, there's just this comparison thing that can happen. Mm -hmm. And also it can feel weighty for the receiver Mm -hmm. of them not knowing how Mm -hmm. to respond. Not always, but sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of depends where you're at. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause obviously I have many sisters in Christ who are mm-hmm. my age and like mm-hmm. literally like my sisters and right. I love them. Right. And then there are other people who are older than me who mm-hmm. I really need mm-hmm. and give me like great mm-hmm. counsel and wisdom. Right. So, and as an older person, having been invited into some younger gals lives, it's, it's affirming to me. Mm-hmm. So when you reach out and you seek out an older person, it's a, it's, it affirms us as well that we, that we matter, that our stories matter. And mm-hmm. it, and it, it does work every time that I get to retell share of the amazing grace, um, of God in my life. It, 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 it just, it just rekindles that fire mm-hmm. again. You know, it's not that I forget, but it, it just fans that flame. And Mm -hmm. it just, it burns hotter and it gets me excited because I want to tell. And I think as older women, we sometimes think, you know, younger people either don't have time or aren't interested or, you know, we're outdated, quote unquote. And I'm not that old, (laughs) but, but it, it really, it's, it's a joy. It truly is a joy to, to recount those stories of God's faithfulness. Because I know for me, one of the things that I often um, remind the Lord of is don't let me forget where I've come from. Mm-hmm. I never want to forget the miry pit yeah. that you pulled me from. Yeah. Because that, that to me, it's not that I want to remember the pain and the darkness and, and the things that, that were in that pit with me, but I, I don't want to forget that I once was in a spot mm-hmm. that I, that I could never, ever get myself out of, be it works, be it, be it, um, something that, that I've earned or bought. It, it mm-hmm. was strictly by his grace. Yeah. And I don't want to forget that because all what that does for me is it, it affirms in me. He saw me mm-hmm. just like he saw you. Yeah. And he sees every one of our listeners. He sees us right now where we're at. Yeah. And he says, I'm, whether you're in a, a deep you know, cavernous pit, or you're standing on the ledge and you're about to topple in, or, you know, you're in the middle of a, of a steep climb, or maybe you are on the top of that mountain. Praise God. Mm-hmm. He sees you. Yep. And it is by his grace and his mercy, um, that he works miracle things. And, and the other thing that, that I, I really appreciate that you gave voice to is you spoke of the trust that you felt was broken, mm-hmm. you know, between you and your God. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as a believer, we, 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 we grow up or the, the moment of salvation, we begin to, to build this foundation of promises that we stand upon. And, and when we feel that, God has missed his mark. It's like we just throw him under the bus. Everything just goes. And it's like he's failed me. And um, you 
significant event, a significant mm-hmm. event in your birth story. And so makes perfectly good sense why in your humanity, in your flesh, you, you would think that, right? Yeah. That that trust has been broken. So just a quick question. Um, what would you say to a listener who feels trust has been broken? How would you begin? So one thing that we, we would, we, to reiterate what we've said is to rebuild that trust is don't rebuild it alone. Yeah. And that would be from my own experience. Cause as I tried to rebuild, it, it just got, it got built wonky. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to have, I want to have established carpenters Mm-hmm. In my life, women who have been in the word, women who have right understanding, good theology, women that can love me and, and teach me how to lay a proper foundation. So to rebuild that trust. So yes, yeah. seeking that out, that would be one thing. But what would be, what would be some other things that we would, that we could encourage our listener to do to help rebuild that trust? Definitely baby steps. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think... Um, well, that whole walking while weeping idea of mm-hmm. just, I love sometimes that, image. that in our life, we are going to have a little bit from just pain or traumas or whatever life experiences, a spiritual numbness mm. where there's just a lot of hurt. Mm-hmm. And so I think out of self-preservation and mm-hmm. protection, our heart is a little hard Mm -hmm. or we're trying to like hide our heart because it's been hurt a lot. And so you don't, um, you're afraid of getting hurt more. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that giving yourself permission of God, he knows where you're at. Mm -hmm. So trying to pretend you're somewhere you're not, isn't going to help you Mm -hmm. in the healing journey, Mm -hmm. but having an obedient Mm -hmm. and a faithful heart of Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to keep showing up Yep, and I'm going to spend time in God's word and I'm going to listen to worship music. And I may not be able to sing right now, but I'm going to let these words just like Mm -hmm. bathe over me Mm -hmm. because God will work in that. And just having his truth, saturate your mind and your heart Mm -hmm. regardless of how you feel about it Mm -hmm. it's doing a work Mm -hmm. um yeah so I think it's just giving yourself grace and permission that Mm -hmm. just by showing up Mm -hmm. and doing the right Mm -hmm. things like there's still good fruit that will come from that it's kind of like working out (laughs) it's like I do not enjoy working out I never have it's I I confess this and but it's it's so important. And sometimes I do it grumblingly and, but I show up and I do it. And just because I have a bad attitude about it doesn't mean it didn't do anything good for my body. Right. And so I think it's kind of that same idea Mm -hmm. of like Mm -hmm. in our spiritual walk, it's a discipline Yeah. and showing up and doing the work. Sometimes you may feel nothing Mm -hmm. or you think you feel Mm -hmm. nothing, Mm -hmm. but then little by little, like there's growth that happens and change that happens. Yep. And it's not like this, you know, aha moment where it just happened miraculously in one day. Mm-hmm. It's over like a season mm-hmm. of time yeah. where you can see the transformation mm-hmm. from the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in your life. Yeah. But that's different for every person. It's, you know, you can't 
unfortunately we can't say, okay, like when you get sick at the doctors and like take this medicine and you're going to be better in like, you know, two to four weeks and you're like, great. It's like, there's no prescribed time when it comes to things with the Lord. Right. (laughs) And so, yeah, just, yeah. Being patient too. Yeah. And being honest. Yeah. I think it's, you know, we, God being all knowing, being an omniscient God, it's, I find that he, um, he appreciates my honesty. Yeah. I can come and go, I'm really struggling to even want to be here. Yeah. But it's obedience that I come. I want things to be different. Mm -hmm. So he already knows what I feel in my heart. He already knows what I'm thinking. He already knows what I need and what I want to pray. So sometimes when I'm in a state of, um, frustration or disappointment or anger, or if I'm rebuilding trust with God, I, I give, I like the word that you use permission. I give myself permission to show up as I am mm-hmm. because he already sees me that way. And I have to remind myself that he sees me that way anyway. Mm-hmm. So for me to be authentic with myself, yeah, to show up and to go, God, this is how I feel. But like in David, when he prays, you know, um, create in me a clean heart, oh God, mm-hmm. renew a right spirit within me. He may have prayed that, yes, out of a place of complete brokenness, but maybe at times he prayed that like I have prayed, Lord, create a, create a, a pure heart in me, but um, I need to be teachable. You know, there's yeah. one thing to just pray words, but I also sometimes have to ask him, make me teachable, mm-hmm. reveal what's in me that is going to keep me from wanting to learn. So back to your analogy of the gym, you can put your tennies on and you can drive to the gym and you can go there. But if you don't get on the treadmill, if you don't lift the weights, it's not going to benefit you. You go and you sit in the lobby. Yeah. It's not going to do you any good. Yeah. And so to just go through the motions and show up and sit in your quiet time and hold your Bible and to read a few things, we have to, we have to get to that space where Lord, I'm willing. Just help me. Mm-hmm. I want to be there. Yeah. My spirit is, but my flesh is, I'm fighting it. And so I think being authentic to yourself before a God who already knows you, to me, I believe that that reflects that, that I trust him. Yeah. Because he's not gonna, he's not gonna turn his back on me. He's not gonna, you know, throw down fire on me. He, he is going to welcome me and he is going to see that in my authenticity, my bravery to come before him in my broken state and angry, mm-hmm. I'm demonstrating, but Lord, I, I trust that you will receive me. Yeah. And having a few safe friends yeah. when you're in those dark moments mm-hmm. to just, I have a girlfriend and I, she models this so beautifully. Um, I love praying. I, I, my mm. grandma was a big, she's a big prayer warrior. She's still alive in my life mm. and has passed on this like legacy of prayer mm. to my mom and to me. And I, I want, I want to continue to grow in prayer, but, um, a girlfriend back in California, she has called me a couple times and just been so broken and mm. so hurting. And she will, she will say to me, Paige, I need you to pray because mm. I don't have any words. Mm-hmm. So will you pray out loud for me oh, yeah. on the phone and pray over me? Because I know that God has gifted you with prayer and I want to pray, but I can't. Mm. And it's humbling and it's, you know, it's, 
honoring and it's just, you know, I'll have to, it's not about me, but Mm -hmm. it's an opportunity to use a gift to love on a sister. Mm -hmm. And I just think that we are all encouraged when we get to come alongside and like be there for one another. Mm -hmm. And so somebody might, if you're willing to ask for help and to say like, will you please pray for me? I can't even pray for myself. Mm -hmm. Like there's beauty in that and a a humility in that, that Mm -hmm. will be honored. And I think people would love to come alongside you and lift you up. Absolutely. um, Until you have the strength to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. that, yeah. So that's something that I'm learning too, but it's great encouragement. Yeah. And to close two, two things that stand out. One is, um, weeping while we're walking. Mm -hmm. I think that's a beautiful word picture to our healing journey, Mm -hmm. you know? And so thank you for sharing that. And then you, just like you were asked years ago by your mentor friend, um, who do you want to be? I pose that to all of us this year Mm -hmm. to take some time and to really evaluate with all authenticity, right? With the Lord, with a trusted sister, who am I right now? And to acknowledge, am I bitter? Am I angry? Am I, am I kind of apathetic? Mm-hmm. And you know, where, where is your heart? Where are you? And seeker or non, non, non-believer, I think we all need to ask that question. Yeah. And then to answer it with, who do I want to be? Mm-hmm. So I love that. I really, really love that question. And I know that's going to be my homework <laughs> tomorrow morning when I get up. Who do I want to be this year? Paige, what a joy. Thank you so much for having me. It was what really fun. a joy. Um, I want to thank you for, for, for showing up and being authentic and sharing um, your journey, mm-hmm. your journey. I'm wondering if I, I have a lingering question. I'll ask it just because I just love questions. I can go on. <laughs> My listeners going, stop asking questions. Uh, question, have you shared your story with your boys or do you find or do you think that somewhere down the road it will be something you share with your boys? That's a great question. I actually think about it every year on their mm-hmm. birthday. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I, for a long time, because of just the severity of it, we didn't want them to feel any guilt, Mm -hmm. some misplaced guilt, Mm -hmm. which it sounds weird, but because of just it being tied to them, what happened to me too, it happened to all of us, Mm -hmm. but I just didn't want it to be a negative thing because they're so precious and they're so young. Yeah. And it's hard to understand. Mm -hmm. They know that they, that mom had an emergency C-section because some things didn't go right, but mm-hmm. that's about the extent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, we definitely want to share it with mm-hmm. them. We think mm-hmm. it's an important thing for them mm-hmm. to know, but also just to celebrate. I mean, every life is precious mm-hmm. and everyone is so valued and needed, but for them to just acknowledge that God from the time they were born Mm. like interceded for them Mm -hmm. in this different way Mm -hmm. and it just I don't know it gives I hope it gives them confidence Mm -hmm. in why God Mm -hmm. has them here and what he's going to do in their lives and that it's more of a yeah empowering thing versus like a scary thing Mm -hmm. but yeah we're just kind of waiting for them to grow up a little bit more and it's wonderful yeah and to see how that may bring closure yeah. To the final chapter, maybe. Sure. 
who knows, right? Yeah. God is never done with our story. No, he's not. He is writing an amazing love story. Yeah. And thank you for sharing yours today. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, have a great rest of your week. You too. Mm-hmm.